Hello, this is Audrey Mack. The Word of God says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So I pray that this message be a blessing to you. Go deep into your heart to work divine transformation, both in you and through you. So get ready, open your heart, and be blessed. Well, tonight, as I was, um, you can ask God, I, you can ask Fred, I was kind of, you can ask God too. <laughs> I was really, I was really debating. I was really asking the Lord. I said, God, um, I just had that sense that God wanted to share something with you tonight. And, um, and I know he gave me, I woke up one morning, you know, I, I'd been asking God, what, you know, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to share tonight? What? And, um. And I woke up one morning with, with the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, you know, they've had a lot of vitamin G, but I want you to give them some vitamin F. And you said, Audrey, what is that? Huh? Amen. You know, um, I come from a background of, you know, what we call the faith camp. You know, I graduated from Rema Bible Training Center and, you know, it was faith in the morning, faith in the afternoon, faith in the evening, faith when you get up, faith when you go to bed, you know. And then I thank God that I, I, I God introduced me and really uh, pursued me, I can say, to put me in touch with the grace message and with Andrew Womack. And, and but I as I travel a lot, I go in a lot of different schools. I go into some gray school, into some faith school, into some middle, you know, school. But I, I, I found that some, sometime if we get a lot of grace, 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 there is a deficiency sometime in faith. Or it's, but I found and if you go into faith camp, there is faith, 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 and there might be a deficiency in the love of God or in the grace message. And so as I was asking the Lord, um, you know, what do, what do I, why do I share, you know? Uh, um, I felt that the God was really impressing upon my heart just to do what I do best, you know, and just to really give you a shot of vitamin F. So if that's okay with you tonight, uh, it might not be a, I'm a teacher, you know, and I love to teach. But I, I found that sometimes when we are exposed to a lot of teaching, sometimes it's good to get sometimes some kind of message that just kind of pick us up and, and encourage us and kind of motivate us to do what we've heard. Right. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Because I found that, that one thing that I've, I, I have always uh, um, attempt to do in my ministry is just to really, I always had a hunger for miracles, signs and wonders, just to see God, the glory of God displayed, just to see really God move and heal. And, and I've, I've been in a pursuit for that. And I, I've discovered that something that God wants that for every one of us. Because I remember I was growing up even under Brother Hagen. You know, I've always heard him say um, that one day Jesus appeared to him and put his finger in his hand and gave him a special anointing for healing. And Brother Hagen really saw a lot of miracles. But you know what? For a long time, I always felt like, well, I don't have a special anointing. I don't, Jesus didn't appear to me and didn't put his finger in my hands. And I felt like always, I would see a lot of people saved. I would see a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost. But when it came to healing, it always felt like uh, I was bumping in a healing once in a while. You know what I mean? Until I realized that I did not need a special anointing to see signs and wonders and miracles on a regular basis. Until I discovered that the same anointing that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And it's living in me, residing in me. And once I understood that, and I understood that it was the will of God for me and for every one of us to move in the supernatural and to do signs and wonders and miracles, then all of a sudden I started to see things happen. I started to see the deaf heal, the, the lame walk, the blind see. And I'm not talking once in a while. I see on a regular, regular, regular basis everywhere I go. 
You know, if you were there last time I was here, I read you all kind of testimonies of people who got healed just by hearing the word of God. Amen. And it was not because it was a special anointing. No, it was the anointing in the word and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in me and in them. Amen. And so tonight I want to talk to you about that God is looking for daredevils. I want to talk to you tonight about Holy Ghost boldness. Holy Ghost boldness. In Daniel 11.32, in Daniel 11.32, he says that those who know their God shall do mighty, mighty exploits. Amen. Those who know their God shall be mighty and do exploits. What does mighty mean? Mighty means obstinate. Sometimes we have to be obstinate in spiritual things. And we, sometimes we like that. We let go very easily. It means to conquer, to be of good courage, to take courage. It means to encourage yourself to be established and hold fast. That's what mighty means. Those who are mighty, full of courage, amen, that are obstinate, that are ready to conquer, will do uh, an exploit. And exploits means deeds marked by daring and by excellence. Amen. I, I like in the word translation, in the God's word translation, he said, those who know their God shall be strong and take action. Amen. I like that. Smith Wigglesworth, you, you've heard about him? Mighty man of God who lived in the 1900, early 1900, said, uh, God will pass over a million people just to find someone who will believe in him. Amen. Uh, Lillian B. Yeomans, Lillian B. Yeomans said, God delights in his children stepping out of an aching void with nothing under their feet but the word. Have you ever seen, that reminds me, have you ever seen the movie, I, I don't know which one, it, the Indiana Jones it was, uh, um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm not sure when, I, at one time he's supposed to go from, there is like a, a, a ledge and he's supposed to go on the other side, but there is like a huge, you know, a huge, what would you call it? Chasm, yeah. And he's looking, he's like, uh-oh, how? And you know what he did? He stepped over. And as he stepped over, all of a sudden, the path opened. That's what it reminds me. And you know what he had to do? He had to step over the void. You know, aching void. Hallelujah. And God delights in it. It reminds me that that's the kind of people that God is looking for, like Peter's. You know, God is looking for the Peter's. Like, you know, when Peter... Uh, I saw Jesus walk on the water. What did Peter said? If it's you, bid me to come. You know, the 11 others were st still in the boat. But it's Peter. There was something in Peter. He was not afraid. He had that, that courage. He had that kind of uh, a conquering spirit, I like to call it. Well, he was not afraid and he walked on the water. And you know, I can guarantee the other 11 said, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? But you know what? He was the only one that walked on the water with Jesus. But I can just picture Jesus with a big smile from ear to ear. Finally, somebody that is willing to do, that is, that is daring, you know, to do what I do. And that's what God is looking for. Amen. Like, you remember the story of Gideon? When Gideon, God called him a mighty man of valor. And he said, who? Me? <laughs> And then what did God, you know, he called him to deliver the, the Israel. And, 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 and what did he do? There were thousands of them that were followed, that came and, and said, we're going to help you, Gideon. But God said, that's too many. So he said, whoever is going to drink the water, you know, like this, lap the water, then get rid of them. And there were only 300 people left to defeat an army of, I don't know, thousands you know, what does it tell us about God? That God is looking for the people that are going to be daring, that are not going to be afraid to step out and be bold. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight about 
boldness, getting some boldness in our life. Because you see, I notice, I, I, I see something that's going on in the world. The devil, his number one thing is try to shut the mouth of the church. The number one thing that the devil is trying to do is trying to coward the church into, uh, uh, to get the church into a corner for them to be silent, intimidated, and in a passive attitude. And the sad thing is that's where the church is at. Part of the church, not all of it. Uh, you know the big thing that's going on right now is to be politically correct. Oh, you don't want to offend you don't want to say anything that's going to rock the boat, you know. And that, where is that coming from? I see that that's a spirit of Antichrist. Because if the devil knows that he can shut your mouth and get you into intimidation, he knows it's got you in a corner and you're never going to do anything for God. Because in order to do exploits for God, that means that you've got to have that boldness, that courage, and not to be afraid of what people are going to say. I rem- and, and you know, one day I was in Daytona Beach. I went there just to really spend some time with God and see God. And I remember I was... Um, in a little hotel there, and they had a, like a hot tub, and I was there just, you know, just enjoying, just praying, and, and two girls came, and you could tell, I mean, they were smoking, drinking, and you just knew, I could tell they were lesbians, and, and all of a sudden, it was like the love of God came in my heart, and I just felt that I needed to start sharing the gospel with them, so I talked to them and loved on them and you know and and you could tell they were hungry so they started to ask me questions and I mean it was like 45 minutes we were just the three of us talking and all of a sudden there's that big old guy that comes and he just comes and sits in the hot tub <laughs> 10 minutes later he, he goes he said can I ask you a question and I'm like oh maybe he's hungry for the gospel too <laughs> so I was like yeah he's like enough about religion I think you need to shut up now. It just stunned me. And I looked at him and I said, I am sorry, sir, if what I say is making you uncomfortable. I am sorry that if what I say is convincing you of your own spiritual condition, but I, I cannot and I will not stop. And that guy started to get really, you can tell, really contentious and really. And Fred was with me and Fred looks at me and said, okay, Audrey, drop it drop it and you know I mean I have honest it was at the beginning of our marriage and I'm still learning you know the whole submission thing you know I'm still trying to and I'm like okay you know I'm gonna honor my husband and I'm gonna honor and I'm gonna so I just I just you know we went into small talk but you know I went back home and it bothered me and I said that's not right because I don't see nowhere in the gospel where people just, just, you know, they were passionate and they were talking, you know, they were not embarrassed. They were talking, sharing the gospel, and they would not stop. Peter, you mean Paul, a John. Everywhere in the Bible, we find out that they were, they, they, they told them, don't you talk about the name of Jesus. Don't you say anything about the name of Jesus. But they would not shut up. And so it really something, it, it, got, it got me thinking, you know, it, it kind of stirred me up and got me thinking and started to meditate on it and started to look, you know, about, you know, what is it in, 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 the, in, the, in the book of Acts and in the Bible that made those people so, you know, uh, 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 that you couldn't shut them up. You couldn't, you know, stop them. And I looked in the Bible that everywhere you saw a move of God, every time you saw a, a revival, a signs and wonders, miracles, it was always preceded with boldness. It was always preceded with boldness. If you look in, in Acts 4, amen, in Acts 4, I love that. In verse, oh, glory to God. Acts chapter 4. In verse 13, it says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they uh, realized that they had been with 
Jesus. But then we see also in verse 29, that's where I want to get. It says, now when they came back, you know, after they had, uh, uh, they had um, got a, a, a paralytic healed, they got persecuted by the Pharisees. They got brought into the, you know, into the temple, questioned, put in prison. And so after they left, they said, don't you speak about the name of Jesus. And after the Peter, uh, Peter and, and John came back, he says in, that they went back to their own company in verse um, 23. And they reported everything that happened. And look in verse 29 says now, and they all started to pray. And that says, now, Lord, look on their threat and grant, grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We find out here that at the moment when the, the disciples were being persecuted, at the moment where they were being told to shut up, what did they do? They, they prayed, said, God, give us boldness. You know, they didn't say give us more power, give us more faith. No, he said give us boldness. And so we, we find out here that this is what we need. And you notice right after it said that, Signs and wonders were being done by the hands of the, of the apostles. Revival started to break out. Thousands were starting to get born again. Because, you know, we see the big trend today, you know, and I, it makes me laugh. You know, as I travel, I see, you know, said, okay, now, you know, don't be too, you know, you've got to be kind of nice. Don't talk too much about the Holy Spirit. You know, don't rock the boat. Don't say anything that's going to offend. Don't talk about the blood. Don't talk about sin. That's the big trend right now in the ch church where you, you've got to be kind of subdued because you don't want to offend. Or they'll, they better yet, they'll say, no, nah, no, nah, you, you don't, don't be preaching. Just live your life. Well, yeah, that's true that we need to live a life that is a witness and that gives glory to God. And your life better match with what you preach and what you say. But, you know, the Bible says that Jesus commanded us not just to live our life. But he commanded us to preach and be bold about it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, 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 and the Bible says, how are they going to be saved unless they hear? How are they going to hear unless somebody is bold enough to open their mouth? What is happening today is the plan of the devil to just get us all quiet, get us all kind of intimidated, and get, get us all kind of, you know, uh, uh, subdued and, and, and not to be too demonstrative, not to be too bold, not to be too expressive. Oh, glory to God. Amen. And we see that in the Bible. You know, everywhere they saw signs and wonders is because those people understood how to be bold. You know, that reminds me one time, we were talking about it, Fred and I, that because um, this is how the devil works to get you, okay, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't be too, don't be too, too, too bold. I remember one time um, Fred had a customer who was a Jewish. You know, Fred is a builder. And, you know, he remodels, he builds, he repairs, he does all that stuff. And he had a customer. Was that a good, a good promotion here, a good advertisement? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, uh, um, he had a customer. He had a customer that was a Jewish guy. And he was right there, you know, at the, at the, you know working with him, getting ready to sign a contract. And that guy was a Jewish, and he was a, a teacher of, of Jewish language and Jewish custom and, you know, of the Torah and all of that. And um, Fred told me, he said, that guy is yellow. He is sick. You can tell he has a liver problem. And he said, Fred said, I said, I, I think you need to pray for him. And, you know, I went and I uh, said, okay, I'll just go and pray for him. So the next, next day we went on the job, and here's the customer. I mean, yellow, like your sweater. And, um, but, you know, the first thought that came to me, oh, come on, Audrey. He's Jewish. 
Don't you be talking about Jesus now. You're going to offend him. Fred's going to lose his job. You know we need the money right now. You know all the little thing. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, what else am I going to talk if I don't talk about Jesus? And so I said, no. And so I went and prayed for him and spoke to his body. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I kept on saying, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus. I mean, and I said it as, as many times as I could. <laughs> and the next day, he went back to Fred and his color had changed. And he said, my God has healed me. My God has healed me. And I said, Fred, don't forget to tell him that his God is Jesus Christ that healed him. Amen. Amen. But you know how the devil works. Yes. You see, if he can't get, get, get us, you said, oh, okay now. You don't want to offend. Then what's going to happen? You're not going to see any power released. Right. You're not going to see any signs and wonders. What would have happened if I said, well, I just be, better pray a nice little prayer over that guy. I bet you the next day would not have been any better. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we find that. All in the, and I looked in the, in the New Testament. Listen to some of those verses. In Proverbs 28, verse 1. Proverbs 28. It says, the righteous are bold as a lion. The right, righteous are bold as a lion. I like that. John 16. John 16, verse 38. You know the problem with some of you? Why you like, why am I not getting healed? Why am I not saying? Because some of you are just too nice. <laughs> Thank you. Some of you are just too, Uh-oh. I don't want to. And we're going to go in a little more into that. <laughs> Amen. John 16, verse 38 through 40. Is that okay if we get into some scriptures? Go, girl. Oh, we have a problem here. No, it wouldn't be First John 16 unless you wrote a few chapters in between. Well, let's keep that one. We'll, we'll find that one later. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 13. Now, when they saw, we read that one, but let it read again. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I'm tempted to say it was really mostly probably Peter. <laughs> I, I, I kind of think he was kind of the spokesman, kind of, you know what I mean? And perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. They marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a diff- let me say something about that. John was at the cross, you know, not because he was bold, but because he had a revelation of the love of Jesus. Do you know how John always says, John, the disciple that Jesus loved. And you know, love is a greater motivator than fear. And when Peter said, I will follow you, I will die with you, I, 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 Peter denied three times because Peter was, you know, he was, uh, he had that self-righteousness, that performance mentality where John really had had a revelation of how much Jesus loved him. And he says, it's the disciple whom Jesus loved. And because he knew how much Jesus loved, that's what 
he was able to love Jesus back because he understood how much he was loved by Jesus. We love him because he loved us first. I think that was what motivated John. It wasn't boldness. It was a revelation of love and grace. Amen. But I, I believe also he probably was bold too. I know, I know that. I didn't mean it that way that he was not bold. Amen. But I think Peter was the little bolder of the two. Acts uh, 18. Acts. Hallelujah. Acts 14. Acts 14, 3. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You know, for signs and wonders to be done by their hands, how were they done by their hands? Because they spoke boldly. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 18. Come on in if you need. Come on in. Acts 18, hallelujah. Acts 18, verse 25 and 26. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in, in spirit. And uh, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. Here is Apollos. Apollos, who had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. He only knew. Apollos only knew the baptism of John the Baptist, which, uh, which was a baptism of repentance. Amen. And it says that Apollos, verse 26, says, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Now here is a man. Apollos, who was not even filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet he was bold. Hmm. That gives some food for thoughts. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 19, verse 8. Acts 19, verse 8. And he went into the synagogue and spoke spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Philippians 1 4. Philippians 1 4. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians 1 4. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, Philippians one twenty. <laughs> Hallelujah. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. 1 Thessalonians 2, 2, last scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2, 2. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. We just saw just a few scriptures here. We see that time after time, there was something that the disciples had, something the apostle had. They had boldness. And I believe that that was a key element that, 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 that the fact that the early church was moving in so much signs and wonders and miracles is because they had boldness. And so you might wonder, what is really boldness? I can tell you something that boldness is not. It's not rudeness. It's not harshness. It's not arrogance. But what is boldness? Listen to this. Boldness is cheerful courage and assurance. It is a free and fearless confidence. 
It is a freedom of speech, unreservedness, frankness. I like that cheerful courage and assurance. You know, I remember, yeah, not long ago, I was in another Caris Bible school, not this one. And I had one of the students, she was kind of priding herself, you know, to be bold. You know, she said, yeah, I'm bold. I always tell people what, you know. And so I was like, well, praise God. And in between class, she comes to me and she said, can I be bold with you? I was like, sure. She said, your eyes and your hair, they bother me. <laughs> There's something about your hair and your eyes that just distract me and bother me. I wanted to tell her, lady, that's not boldness. That's rudeness. <laughs> you know, you can be gracious and kind and bold at the same time. And oftentimes people mistake being rude and harsh by being bold. Uh-uh. Amen. Jesus was love, but yet he was bold. And he spoke with authority. Amen. Uh, uh, um, and so we find out that uh, uh, um, boldness is that cheerful confidence and courage. It is that uh, a freedom of speech. And in other words, not being afraid of what people are going to think or say. And you know, look with me, if you don't mind, to Ephesians 6.19. Ephesians 6.19. I like Paul said, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Did you notice something here that they always associated boldness with speaking? They were always bold to speak. You know, some people said, well, I'm just going to pray in my prayer closet. You cannot, yeah, you can be bold in prayer, but the disciples were not just, you know, praying. They were bold in speaking. Amen. And it says, that for, and listen to this. This is what I like. He said that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chain, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to. You know what pretty much Paul is telling us? He said, I have got to be bold to speak because I am an ambassador. You know, and I always remember when I think about an ambassador, I think about a person, a stately person. You know, the kind of person when they walk in the room, they have a state presence. You know, I always remember when I was a missionary in Albania. And, and, and you know, one time I got, you know, at the airport, you know, and you all had to wait to get your visa and get go through the immigration. And there's that guy, you know, he walked, and they had a way about him walking. He just walked, and you couldn't help but just kind of look at him. And he walked, and he went past the line. He just went and walked and just, just showed his passport, and they all just kind of, and he walked. He was an ambassador. And, you know, it made me realize what is it that makes that, that, make that, that guy just walk with such a confidence, with such an assurance. You know, what is it as an ambassador? You know, when I think of an ambassador in the kingdom of God, I always think about T.L. Osborne. When I met him, there's something about him. He's gracious, he's kind, but he's got that boldness, that confidence about him. How many of you know T.L. Osborne? Anybody? A few of you. He just went recently to go with the Lord. Hallelujah. What a man of God. He was bold. The demons would tremble, tremble before him. But he was the kindest and the most gracious man. But when he walked in a room, there was something about him where you just, he demanded respect. And so what is it that an ambassador, why is an ambassador has that confidence, that boldness about, and that courage about them? Because they know who they are. They know what they have. And they know whom they represent. They know who they represent. And you know, one thing that I have learned about ambassadors, you know, when I lived in Albania, I remember um, the ambassador they lived in the best of the land. When us little people, we had shortage of electricity. We had electricity sometimes for three weeks at a time, no power in the winter. We had water one hour a day. 
We had to wake up sometime at four in the morning to hear the water trickle and the thing to go and fill up, you know, containers that we had, you know. But the ambassadors, they lived like the, you know, the king on the hill. They lived in the best place in the land, no shortage. They knew what they had. And an ambassador is entrusted with all authority. All authority. And, and something that I liked about ambassador also is they, are, they have diplomatic immunity. They are not subject to the law of the land. Now, you know, for us, what does it mean for us? Amen? That means a whole lot. You remember Jesus? He was, in fact, in fact an ambassador from heaven here on earth. And in John chapter 3, uh, 13, in John 13, look at that. In John 13. In John 13, verse 3, he says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. You see, Jesus knew who he was. He knew what was given to him and he knew where he was going. Amen. And where he was coming from and where he was going back to. And Jesus was so secure in who he was. He was so secure in whom he was representing the Father. He was so secure in what belonged to him that Jesus could lay down, you know, his glory and come down here and then serve and wash the disciples' feet. And because Jesus knew who he was, he walked with authority. You know, the disciples said, there's something different about him. He speaks with authority. And they knew that they couldn't manipulate him. They knew that they couldn't push him around. Amen. Jesus demanded, you know, he, he, he had that authority. Hallelujah. And so what does it mean to us? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. How do you like re- have teaching with a musical background? I thought you were an ambassador, honey. God sent his choir for you. Can you hear the angels sing? Yes, I can. First time I'm preaching and I can hear the angels sing. Hallelujah. I thought that would never happen. It has happened tonight. Second Corinthians 5. It says that we are not new creation in Jesus Christ. Right? And in verse 20 it says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God was pleading through us and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know what that means? That we are ambassadors for Christ. And just like Paul, we've got to start walking in the same kind of boldness. Just like Paul, we've got to start realizing who we are, whom we belong to, who is sending us, who we are representing and what we have. You know, and one thing for uh, I, I remember is that we need to know that we have all authority. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was in India and I had a, I was a, a missionary in India. And when I did a crusade one time, they brought to me a woman who was demon possessed. And that is the first that, that, that day where I understood what was my authority. Because I had heard ministers before they said, you know, that they had to spend hours wrestling with a person to get them set free from a demon. And they had to, you know, go into a special room and go and cast the demon, you know. And I had heard all kind of stuff. And that day I was in India. They brought to me a woman who was uh, acting like a snake, like a serpent. Her head would, would, you know, spin around. Her tongue would come out of her mouth. She would make all kind of sounds. She would just, you know, swirl on the ground. And so I started to cast the demon out of her and cast the demon out of her and waiting to see that she, her to be free. And so I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And I was looking to see what was going to happen. What happened? Nothing. So I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And then I waited. What happened? Nothing. And so the more it went, the more I started to cast the demon out of her. Get out of her. Get out of her. Get out. And I was getting louder and louder. And uh, my, my arm was starting to get excited. <laughs> Amen. I looked like a windmill, you know. 
until I heard the small voice of the Holy Spirit that said, how many times are you going to cast the demon out of her? And I said, Lord, when I see her free. And I heard in a really kind of stern, kind of strong voice, the Holy Ghost says, don't you know that one word in my name is enough? And so I said, okay, now I understand. He said, you are walking by sight yes. and not by faith. You believe she's going to be free because you can see it? No, no, no. You must know that she's going to be free because you say it with authority and boldness. And Lord, that's what I did. Then I took her again by the, the shoulders and I said, now, nah, devil, you understand I'm in business. So I'm going to tell you one more time, come out of her. And I wasn't loud. I was just bold. And I come in and, and, and you know, the, the, this is the funny thing. Is after I cast the demon out of her, I went and prayed for other people. And I, 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 the whole time, you know, I'm praying for other people. Everything in me is wanting to look and see what's happening. But I said, no, I refuse to walk by sight. Amen. And the next day, it is the next day I'm on the stage and I see a woman worshiping God like an angel, totally free. At that moment, God, the Holy Ghost taught me that as an ambassador for Christ, I have been entrusted with all authority in one word, in the name of Jesus is enough. Amen. And I can tell you the number of times, not long ago I was in Ethiopia and they, I, during the service that I I. Ask people wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so a whole bunch of people came. And, you know, I'm walking and praying for people. And I passed by that girl. And something in me was like, something in me was like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I just knew by the spirit that she was demon possessed. At that moment, she didn't act anything. She was just standing there. But I just knew. And so I went to her. And as I started to look at her, and I looked at her and I said, I'm going to command you to come out of her in Jesus' name. She, the demon started to manifest. She started to go. Ah. And so you know what the pastors wanted to do? They said, okay, 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 okay. You know, let's just take her to another little room. But you know, to be honest with you, I knew that if they were taking her to another room, they were going to wrestle with the devil for 25 hours and nothing would be done. And I said, no, pastor, if that's okay with you, I'm going to deal with it right here. Amen. And so I commanded the devil to come out of that, of that young girl. She, would, she had cut herself with, a, with ray, a razor blade. But you know, bam, just like that, she got set free. I didn't have to wrestle. I knew that I knew I had all authority in the name of Jesus. And there was a boldness in my, in, in, in my voice, in my attitude. I didn't need to you know, move my arms and speak loud and do all kinds. No, no, no. It was just... There was a boldness and an authority because I knew that I've been entrusted with all authority. And you know what I like also is that we are, we have diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. Yeah. We are not subject to the law of the land. You know, it's so funny when I, when a, a 20, long time ago, when I, I was a missionary to India, right before I get ready to go, uh, um, people give me all kind of advice. Audrey, you're going to live, you know, live in India. You need to get this and this and this just in case. You need this if that happens. You need this if that happens, you know. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I need to take that kind of and, 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 and plan for this. And so here I am with my little cart in Walmart and going through the pharmacy, putting this. And I heard the Holy Ghost says, are you planning on getting sick? Um, no, Lord. You know, at that moment, I realized, wait a second, I have diplomatic immunity. I am not subject to the law of the land. I'm not subject to the law of sin and death. And I'm not subject to the law of sickness. And you know, and since 1993 that I've been living, traveling to some of the most dangerous places, eating the food, drinking the water, sleeping in places you can't even imagine, I have never once got sick. Amen. Never, never, never. And you know what? Too easily Christian, we just are being intimidated. We are being bombarded by that, that spirit of Antichrist that says, ah, it's flu season, or it's you gotta need your flu shot and you got this. And, 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 and I said, no, yeah. I am not subject to the law of this land. Yeah. 
Now, do no condemnation if you've, you've got the flu, you've dealt with some things. That's not what I'm talking about. But too easily, we submit ourselves. We subject our, and we accept the law of this land. We need to know who we are, ambassadors for Christ. And we got to have that boldness that we said, wait a second. I am not subject to the, to the germs. I'm not subject to the sickness that is going on around. And you know, We've got to be bold to speak about it and say it. That's the difference. I remember one time one guy, you know, called me on the phone. She said, Mrs. Mack, uh, how old are you? First of all, I want to say it's none of your business. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm 50 years old. Don't you know, Mrs. Mack, that 50 years old, you start, you know, there is this and this. And I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, sir, excuse me. Thank you for your help, but not in this house. You know, I had to refute it and judge that word and condemn it yeah. and be bold about it. Right. When somebody says, tells you, you know, when the doctor tells you um, who had cancer in your family yeah. or your father had cancer, you, your grandfather had cancer, oh, you, you know, you better exit. No, sir, I'm sorry. And you got to be bold about it. We've got so much where the devil is persuading us. You don't want to offend you don't want to say anything. You don't, you know. Well, you can be sweet about it, but you've got to be bold, gracious, kind, but bold to say, no, not in this house. Not long ago, there is a friend of mine, and I always, you know, that I believe that is where we need to get us to be bold, to know who we are, what we have, and not being afraid to speak it out. I had a friend not long ago, she, she got so sick. And you know, and I call her once in a while, you know, to check on her. And I called her and I said, hey, Carol, I haven't heard from you for a while. She said, oh, I was so sick in bed. I even thought I was going to die. And I'm like, why didn't you call me? What, I would have gone and speak to that thing, lay my hands on you and command it to go. She said, no, 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 Audrey, you don't understand. I was very contagious. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I don't care about contagious. I am not subject to the law of sin and death in the land. I remember when I was in India one time, I was going to Mother Teresa's orphanage in Mumbai. And, you know, there was, you know, all those kids, you know, and there was that the crib in the very, very corner of the, the, the place with a little baby in there. He was crying. You could tell he was hurting. My heart went to, out to it, you know, and I just went and started to pray for him and just, just put, lay my hands on that little baby. And all of a sudden, one of the little worker comes to me. She said, no, sister, 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 you know, and he said, very contagious, very contagious. Don't touch, don't touch, very and my, you know, the first thought that came, oh, what's going to happen? You know, that, that is the pressure of the devil trying to say, oh, you're going to get it. You're going to die. And what? And all of a sudden I said, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I know who I am. I am not subject to the law of this land. I have diplomatic immunity. But, you know, we've got to know it and we've got to declare it. When, when, and that's why we got to be so careful about what we allow to listen to, you know, what we allow ourselves to, you know, to go into our house to listen to and what we allow people to tell us and speak over us, you know, because we don't want to offend. Somebody's gonna, you said, oh, you know, watch out. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have that. You're gonna, and you're gonna say, oh, I'm sorry, but no, mm -mm, I'm not having that. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm not having it, not in this house, you know. And that takes boldness because the word says you don't want to. Here again, we have been taught to kind of lay low and be kind of sweet, especially us in the south. we got to be sweet. You don't want to say anything that's going to offend. But, you know, when it comes to the spiritual things, we have got to be gracious, kind, but be bold and know where we stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, you know, I'm going to just finish one little thing and then we'll take a break. So the truth is really is oftentimes people think, you know, that they need more faith. 
you know, and they think maybe they don't have enough faith. But you know, most of the time, it's not a faith problem. It is a boldness problem. It's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of boldness. Boldness to say it, to declare it, and boldness to act on it. Amen. That is why praying in the Holy Ghost is so important. Praying in the Holy Ghost is so important. I'm going to read you three verses and then we'll take a break. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, Stir up the gift of God that is in you by the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, a love, and a sound mind. Jude verse 20 says, Jude verse 20 says, Build yourself up on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, praying in tongues doesn't give you more faith. It's the Word that gives you faith. But praying in the Holy Ghost, what does it do? It stirs yourself up. It gives you that boldness, that inner courage. I stirred it up a little too much. <clears throat> Praying in tongues. Another verse says, <clears throat> excuse me, hallelujah, in Ephesians 3.16, that you might be strengthened in the inner man with might. Strengthened in the inner man with might. You know, we know that your spirit does not need to be strengthened because your spirit is perfect. But it's your inner man, your, that part of your emotion, your soul is part, your will, your mind, your emotion. That's the part of you that needs to be strengthened. Because in your spirit, your spirit wants to do the will of God. Your spirit, the same, in your spirit is the same faith, like precious faith that Peter had, that Paul had, that John had. You've got the faith of God uh, uh, in, in your spirit, and your spirit is perfect. But it's your emotion, your will, that gets in the way, that stops you from doing what your spirit knows you need to do. And so when you pray in tongues, what happens? You strengthen your inner man. You strengthen your soul, your emotion. Hallelujah. So that you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. You can stir up, hallelujah, the gift of God that is in you. So that you can have that inner courage to do what you need to do. To say what you need to say. Praying in tongues will build up courage in, in, in your inner man. Amen. For more information on GoTel Ministry, our teaching, our itinerary, and to discover the many testimonies of those who have been touched and healed by the power of God, you may visit our website at www.gotelministry.org. And remember that Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance.